Yeah, I think it kind of starts with energy hygiene. I mean, I would say like I mostly work somatically. Um, and it's about creating space. Hmm. Like you can imagine if your body is like a bottle and you want to have like your liquid, like you want like me in my bottle, then there's all these rocks in your bottle. So it reduces the capacity for um, your, you know, your authentic emanation of like, you know, like Gaia, Pan, beyond. Um, so yeah, like I, I employ several modalities just to like create space um, for, for those authentic energies to come back in. Welcome to another episode of As Woo Woo As You Want with Jeremiah and Celine and and Nobu Nobu Chan. How are you? Hello, welcome, welcome, hey, welcome. Nobu. Well, hey everyone, welcome back. Um, we're happy that you're back and uh, enjoying. <laughs> the youtube channel um and if you're not you know watching on youtube uh, we hope you're enjoying listening and continuing to listen um we are in february and um we have a special new guest for y'all someone who i actually know personally um who i've been wanting to connect with on the podcast for a while now and um we're super excited to have Nobu Hojimi Chan on the well, podcast. Hey. <laughs> Hello. So I guess I have straight off the bat, how do you guys know each other? Etsy? Great question. Yes. Thank you. So um I'll Nobu's previous name or concurrent name, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Chris and I, um, I'll use the Chris name for that, for the Etsy story. Uh, we worked at Etsy for a number of years together and, um, many moons ago Ah. and, uh, yeah. And I've been connected ever since we have like some mutual friends. And so, um, we've been in contact here and there and, uh, I don't even remember now, um, Nobu and we'll, I I really want to ask you about the name shift because I think it's an interesting right it, i mean it's just an interesting thing to chat about um sure. but when was it uh that we connected or when was it where did you uh, you know what i'm not i'm not even gonna go i'm not even gonna ask those questions <laughs> you you kind of give us like a, a lay of the land of like where your journey has been since i've met you hmm. and thanks for coming on the show yeah like when uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, this all sounds really good. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I mean, like, we first met at Etsy. Um, I was a software engineer. Or maybe, like, a, I, was, I was probably a software engineer because I played more ping pong back then. Um, <laughs> you know, we're talking tech stereotypes, archetypes, right? But, yeah, I was a, I was a software engineer. Um I feel like Jeremiah had hung out more with the cool kids at Etsy and uh, 
I, I don't know what you call it, like production, like video production, audio production. Yeah, know? I was on the and, video team. Um, yeah, and that was probably pretty annoying because we, we played ping pong right outside your room. But um, I apologize. <laughs> but, uh, I forgot about that. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I mean, all the energy when you're typing is in your fingers, right? And I feel like uh, it is like a pretty funny text stereotype, but I feel like getting embodied is a really good exercise for people who work on computers all day, which is pretty much all of us. Um, but, you know, not to say we should all play ping pong, but, you know, I became a manager around 2013, 2014, started like taking care of teams, building products, burnt out, quit in 2017 to start a clothing company um, called Free Association, which I feel like is actually pretty close to what I'm doing now in a way. Um, mm. But we started to like run into roadblocks and then COVID happened, so the factories closed down and they started producing um, PRP, I don't know, I can't remember what it's called, <laughs> protective, personal protective equipment. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it feels like ages ago now, right? But I feel like probably for a lot of a, a lot of us, like time has moved really quickly since the pandemic. Um, but yeah, we started to run out of money. I started working at a company called Primary, doing programming again. Um, and then you know, like the spiritual life kind of came for me. I guess I'm gonna guess like a lot of people know what that feels like. And. Um, how to make it brief. Yeah, I just started out, uh, I, I actually had like a really terrible knee injury and I used to play soccer like five or six times a week, speaking of embodiment, but also free association and um, teams, movement. Um, and, you know, that was pretty influential for me. I was like trying to play and recover and then a mutual friend of ours, actually, I won't mention the name because I'm not sure how that works, but, um, she introduced me to an acupuncturist in New York. Uh, yeah, and uh, he really opened me up, got me into like some like Kundalini style meditations. I started reading the Tao Te Ching, which I think I read when I was like young. And it just started coming back and I started taking Qigong classes with a guy in Bali um, on Zoom, which is pretty interesting. Wow. Um, I started taking Bagua classes with a guy in New York, um, also with a Zoom, which I feel like is monumentally energy shifting for me. Um, I discovered like the traditions of the walkers of Bluestone or the wearers of Lapis Lazuli. Uh, yeah, it seems like y'all are familiar a little bit. And they're like born day fasters. So I started, you know, I found the hut like I was born on a Venus day during the hour of Mercury. Um, Start fasting Fridays and Wednesdays, Sundays, pretty soon all the days and mm. started talking to spirits pretty quickly. <laughs> and I Interesting. Fun, right? I mean, yeah, go on. Yeah. So, so, okay. That's so interesting. So it was kind of the injury that was the catalyst, right? Because yeah. it led, I mean, it led I, to the, yeah. I guess you could, I mean, you could say like the injury was like the outcome of the, the catalyst of the injury, right? So, I mean, like, I mean, I've been doing, yes, yeah, so, I mean, like, you know, basically like following guidance kind of like led me to different movement practices, you know, lexical practices, like tropical astrology, astrology or Sabrina, I can, 
you know, I think going into trance came pretty easily to me. So I just sort of like meditate sometimes for an hour or three. One time when I saw my solstice for like seven or eight hours and I'll just have these visions of ancestry and um, how the, yeah, the, the experiences of my ancestors led to the experiences that I had um, as a baby, as a child. Um, how I was interlocked, interwoven with um, my living ancestors at the time, like my maternal grandfather and my paternal grandmother. And I feel like I, it's pretty easy to trace a path from like what happened to my ancestors to what happened to my knee in, in a way, right? Which, you know, mm-hmm. I'm really curious about uh, Celine, your acupuncture practice, um, and Jeremiah. Like, I don't, yeah some of the stuff we've talked about in DMs, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like it's so, it's Oh, stuck. I'm sorry. Go on. No, please. It's interesting that you're mentioning the, um, the ancestral aspect because I was just in my, um, <clears throat> I'm also studying hand analysis, you know, palmistry. Mm. And, mm. um, so I have this course every, every week and it's been ongoing and we were just talking about, ancestral trauma and how you trace it if you can trace it back seven generations and we incarnate into this life as you know as an opportunity to heal that you know uh, karmic or ancestral stuff through ourselves so um i don't know that just brought up that idea when you were talking about your ancestry so where exactly where is your ancestry from? Where? What are you working with? I mean, everywhere, um, but like, you know. Yeah, Pangaea. Um. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like I've heard the seven generations thing. And like, honestly, like in my practice, like I don't, I've only recently started to come into like an understanding of how ancestry like correlates or tessellates with cosmic ancestry right so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i feel like yeah like seven generations ago maybe takes us back to like 1800s but then some of the visions i had were like prehistoric you know Um, yeah yeah maybe i don't know depending on how like rapidly um, our ancestors procreated i guess but um yeah i mean it's also an interesting number seven you know the yeah so (laughs) i know it's wild. It's wild stuff. <laughs> I've been I've been digging into like three way spirals and the seven energy centers of the microcosmic order, the, the three lower dun you know, the lower duntian, upper duntian, middle duntian, the pearls mm-hmm. of the seas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it all makes total sense to me, but um well those are references that saying, completely went over my head. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what what you're saying makes total sense to me. I'd say the totality doesn't make sense to me, but it's sure. starting to make sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. The Dantians are an idea in um acupuncture and uh, you know, acupuncture theory that you have three three centers, your lower is you know, your lower downtown, your middle is like your, obviously your midder and then your upper. So you have three, uh, mm-hmm. three I layers see. of, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I get why that would go over your head. Thank, thanks for explaining. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like cosmically, 
my sense is that we have seven energy centers as well. So we have like an earthly vessel, a cosmic vessel, and each of the ori or like deities of those energy centers cosmically have incarnated on earth many times, right? So I mm-hmm. feel like that's the way that we go back, you know, past seven generations into like prehistory and um, yeah, like ancestrally. I would say there's like two main streams. There's like Lemurians who kind of ended up in like the Malaya Peninsula. And you know, like everything I'm saying right now came to me while I was in the trance, usually completely sober, but you know, like when the Kundalini snakes start rising, we start producing endogenous DMT, right? So um, you could say it's like uh, a natural high. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And um, yeah, like I've seen ancestors from Madagascar Tanzania, um, Central Asia, and then like you also have the links to other branches of the tree, right? So I've had I have Mongolian, what I would call like cautiously shamanistic ancestors who branched off from people who ended up in like Mesoamerica and um, Peru, and, like mm-hmm. the southern tip of South America. And like you can you can start to find traces which sort of hint at this. Like there are hints of matriarchal societies which were built based upon like honestly like a trade route between southern Africa and Hainan, Taiwan. So that's like the African to Taiwanese connection. And then like you know, I think everybody know maybe everybody knows about like Denisovans and um like prehistoric people who kind of like I would say like according to my lineages originated in West Africa and then ended up in like Masala, like Masai, Mediterranean, up into like Central Asia, across Siberia and like into like East Asia, Northeast Asia, like Central East Asia. Um, Mm. And then ended up in like Japan, right? Like the Ainu and then like people of Peru. And it's like you start to get into lineages, which I don't think people talk about or you can't find on Google and you're like, hmm. Is that really like a thing or am I imagining it? Right. And I feel like I feel like probably most of us have been there, but I'm not sure if we all like necessarily talk about it because we're talking about literally the unseen. So mm. um but that's kind of like, you know, so like I, I end up connecting with teachers who have links to like people who call them in the astral call themselves like Red Macaw people, um of like, you know, like the land of fire. Um in Southern America. Um, I, I work with people in like Yoruba. I work with like um, people who connected to like the Ascend, the Qumrani. Um, and like the stuff that they bring in seems to correlate with the stuff that I bring in when I'm like in like a trance, you know? So it's not like true, but it like has function necessarily. And it's like true to my experience. It's true to their experiences. And then we release, you know, like we release tension in our somas. So seems like you're very much in another world on a daily basis, huh? I mean, like what are your like kind of another world? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But on a daily basis, like, how do you interact with the world? Are you always kind of in like a trance state kind of, you know, (laughs) 
Yeah, um, one of my friends on Twitter, her name's Whole Body Prayer. I think she's like in Fiji or something. Like, she, uh, I mean, her name says all like Whole Body Prayer. Um, mm. I feel like that's a good descri- description of my state. Um, I said the okay. other day, all body knowing, <laughs> because it's like uh, it's different to prayer, right? So I don't know if you've heard the saying, but like I've heard that like prayer is kind of like setting intention or asking questions of like you know a vast power not necessarily higher but also like the earth is lower and much vaster um so it's just like setting intentions or like calling to spirits in some traditions and then um meditations like receiving so i feel like i'm always kind of in that state of like intending and remembering sometimes dismembering um yeah <laughs> awesome <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, like, I guess more concretely, like, you know, I'm like in Brooklyn right now. I've been like traveling around the country a little bit. I'll be traveling in the Southwest a little bit, but it's like very high powered land. And um, you, like, you know, like I lived in Brooklyn for like 11 years. Um, so in order to Oh, and leave, so you're here now. Yeah. So it's, it's a long story, I guess. But like, um, yeah, in order to leave, like, are you, are you both in like Brooklyn, New York? Yeah. 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 So, like, you feel, like, the pull away and, like, back towards New York. I don't know. Is that a thing? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a vortex yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's a hard place <laughs> to leave. It's a hard place to leave. It's a very hard place to leave. Yeah. And um, are you are you all familiar with, like, egregores or... Um, no. Kind of like wow. I would call it like thought, you know, like Taoist or Taoist traditions would call it like thought form complexes, and then some other traditions oh. call them demons. Um, Do we live in a demon here? <laughs> Sorry, I mean you're like kind of. No, 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 no. I'm like laughing because I think it's like demons are a very strong word. And it's really funny because like I once read a paper on endogenous DMT and like. You know, it was, like, put out by, like, the NIH, the National Institute of Health, I think. Um, But it's talking about how, like, DMT basically switches off the default mode network. And then it was, like, in letters, like, DMN. And I was like, hmm. Oh. (laughs) But this is is how I work a lot of the time. It's not very scientific. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, an egregore or a thought form complex is, like, I would say... um, you know, like every time we think that some things, we like bind context to like whatever we observe, right? So it's like, I see like Brooklyn, but I went and got a smoothie. So like now it's like Brooklyn smoothie. And then like, you, you know, like in every moment that you're thinking, you could say that you like attach context to meaning. Mm-hmm. And that creates like a, a thought and it gives, you know, thought a form. So that's why they call it thought form complex. And, like, you have all these thoughts coming together every moment for 11 years for me. And, like, you know, you go back to, like, I would say, like, you go back to, like, when people lived on the land of New York in a way which was disconnected from the land um, as, like, maybe, like, an, a infle- an inflection point. Um, but you start to see, at that point, a separation of, like, the land spirit and then, like, the thought form complex because instead of what you know instead of people sort of like working with the land as extensions of the land to like be stewards or gardeners of the land you have people thinking about other things like money probably like lots of things but ultimately like 
trauma-based, right? Um, mm. And like, you know, one of my friends, Talamat on Twitter says, I think he said like thinking is a form of inflammation. I don't know if you got that from somewhere else, but like that reads to me, right? It's like we go to somewhere in our body, there's like trauma there. And then we go to our minds and we start thinking and then we, and then we attach thought, we, we attach meaning to context. And that's how mm -hmm. thought form complexes get larger and larger. So, you know, if you think about like going back to the settlement of New York and then people like contributing to this thought form complex, it's really big. And like, if you think about New York compared to say like where I came from, Perth, Australia, like no one thinks about Perth, Australia. They probably listen to Tame Impala, but they don't know that he's from Perth or Fremantle. Um, and like, no one's thinking about it, right? But like yeah. everybody's thinking about New York. They're watching TV shows about New York. So those people are also attaching Ashe to the egregore. So then when you're here as a person in New York, according to me <laughs> and my senses, my guides, um, it's like you're, there's like almost like there's a land spirit and then there's this egregore on top of it. And then you're interacting mostly with the egregore. And then when you try to leave the egregore, like, no, like I'm huge. All the money is here. All my friends are here. All of the coconut lattes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, I think, you yeah, know, I'm sorry to make it really too interesting. Long, but... No, mm -hmm. I mean, it's also, are they necessarily bad? Do you know? I mean, not like bad, but like, isn't that sort of how we function as a, as a society, right? Like based on this ag aggregor mm. that we like attach I love, to. I love, I love I love calling it aggregate because it can be quite aggressive. Um, it's such an intimidating it's, name. <laughs> it's and it's like aggregatory, right? Like yeah. it aggregates. Like it's uh, you know like Taoists, Taoish, Taoish people. I like to say Taoish because I don't like like isms, you know. But um, mm. like Taoishism is like the idea is that um, you know because it doesn't have soul. Like it doesn't have consciousness and it's just taking like light, like ori from people. Mm. Like it's kind of like, um, it doesn't have a choice but to like mm. feed. So it's not necessarily huh. bad in many ways, very good. Like it actually helps us maintain a society. But then like, if you look at like the earth as it is now, you can kind of see how like a vampiric <laughs> entity might yeah. go. Yeah. She's pissed. She's pissed. <laughs> yeah because she's like right here and she wants to hold everything but then like we have all these like egregores on top which are like if you move to like you know the Catskills are they gonna have like really cool stores there <laughs> like like silly stuff right like it's like it's not yeah evil no 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 well I guess I was just thinking like is it just a necessary function of our of our just because wouldn't every place have one? Yeah, I think every... Maybe some, I mean, are, some are nicer. Some are nicer. Better vibes. I think that's definitely true. I, lo I love the way you put that. Yeah, um, definitely. It's interesting that you say place because that's like, a, I think that's like academically how some places tend to distinguish. But like there's a mm. land and then there's a place. And it's like, yeah, if you go back to like the way people used to live on this land, it was not... Um, I'm just getting pings, but I'm not going to talk about that. Um, if you if you look at the way people live on this land, it was as an extension of the land, so they were the land. Yeah. 
and yeah. they're also in communion with the cosmos, right? And, yeah, um, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And it's interesting that it, yeah. the Lenape people um, have come up back to back. Like this is the second episode where this idea of like New York and, you know, living on native land and how we've, you know, just built like right on top of it and kind of do not tend to it at all. Um, how that's just come up again. I don't know. There's something to that, but, um, so I'm, I'm curious. So Nobu, uh, right now, are you, you're practicing, you do energy clearing, right? Energy like hygienics. What would you say is your practice? Um, yeah, I think it kind of starts with energy hygiene. I mean, I would say like I mostly work somatically. Um, and it's about creating space. Um, so, yeah, if you imagine again like the land and then it being covered up by all these programs and then like programs coming from our ancestry, past lives, um, even celestially, you know, um, like deities also need healing. Um all that stuff like from the context of like my lineages is kind of like you can imagine if your body is like a bottle and you want to have like your liquid like you want like me in my bottle then there's all these rocks in your bottle so it reduces the capacity for um your you know your authentic emanation of like you know like gaia pan beyond um so yeah, like I, I employ several modalities just to like create space um, for for those authentic energies to come back in. Yeah, like sometimes it's just like poetry, and then sometimes I'm like, like a lot of the time personally, I'm just like using like spontaneous qigong practices that you know I learned from the Dallas Light Institute in Santa Barbara, and like you just kind of like go into these poses and you end up stretching out like tendons, muscles, bones, fascia, and that creates space for your own chi to flow. And then, you know, like in Chinese medicine or like in indigenous medicine of the far East, you could say like they would use their chi or chi to like move other people's chi. And like, that's not really my practice. Like I, I tend to like try and like like generally my practice is I'll set up a container and then I'll set up containers for whoever, for whoever I'm working with and then I'll offer energies to their containers. So it's not like an incursion upon their energy because that's bad energy hygiene, right? Um, so mm. yeah, lately I've been experimenting with um, just like helping other people get to, you know, because like, I don't know if you know this, Jeremiah, but like I've been doing like public sessions on Twitter spaces because like something about the one-on-one dynamic didn't really sit well with me. And I also want to be able to like, you know, open up awareness in protected, protected containers um, about like what is energy work. Right. Um, and then also like hold myself accountable because like I'm like, I, I really hope one day somebody in a Twitter space is just like, hey, like, no, like, that thing you did there when you channeled light language from, like, Hariyalalia, like, that, I felt, I feel like I saw, like, a chord form between your container and the other person's container, and then I can, like, tap into that and, like, refine my energies, refine the energies mm. of, like, Hari. Um And uh, that's another thing. And then, you know, like, so that's, like, kind of, like, one-on-one in front of, like, 
an audience like in a container and then like what I've been trying to work towards is like okay can you put that container and then have a third person there and then put a container around those two con those all those containers so that like I can see like people doing reads on one another or like just playing and just like offering refinements like energetically to their like fields you know Oh, interesting. That's really cool. So, yeah, let, let's see. I feel like um, I want to bring it down a little bit just for people who may not totally understand what you're explaining. But when you say so, when you say container, it's almost like this is an energetic way of creating um, essentially like a place where energetically you're like safe and sound and blocked off from other people or it might be a porous container but you're being very um kind of direct about everyone's own energetic sovereignty and that by doing that you're able to kind of play around um with other people's maybe play is the right word you can you can work with the energies in ways that are maybe more accountable yeah and like um, the accountability, I would say, creates refinement. Right. Um, right, which, right, right. In a way, like, you know, integration, clearing trauma could be classified as or characterized as refinement. Right? Like we're just like getting rid of all of the rocks like in our bodies so we can like flow. And, you know, I, I loved like your description of that because, I mean, I love the word sovereignty. It just has like really great vibrations, or like sovereignty, mm -hmm. like has incredible vibrations for me. Um, but yeah, I would say like it, you know, a container is a vessel, and a vessel flows, right? And like when you have flow, it's harder for you to attach, and it's also easier for whatever is ready to detach to detach. So I love that. that's why, like, I think a lot of a lot of people say like holding space, right? So it's like you're holding space so that things can detach and then create more space mm -hmm. so are you doing one-on-one -on -one sessions anymore or are you only yeah, doing the oh, okay so like walk yeah. us through walk us through a session just so like people can okay. kind of get a sense of like okay this is what i would experience yeah. and this is what your yeah. practice um, is generally it's just in private i'll talk about private sessions because it's like um probably like the least weird or off thing maybe because people don't really do energy work in public consciously like everyone everything's energy work right like even if you smile at someone but like most people aren't being like okay let's do some energy work to the person at the bodega right um but um you know like uh you never know you never know uh, do some meta, try meta in the bodega you know? <laughs> <laughs> while you're getting barracas just like just slip a casual like rig terma on the counter um but yeah like uh you know like generally i'll be a little bit late because i'm still like getting into current time and then um when i dial in with somebody um honestly like i i generally start setting the container like early like if i have an appointment on friday maybe if it's like some really deep stuff i could start setting the container like three weeks earlier um wow and the reason I would do that is because basically, like, ancestors are trying to, like, send me stuff so I can, like, offer it to um, 
their progeny is that the right word progeny Mm -hmm. prodigies Mm -hmm. um but like (laughs) um you know so it's like like mostly like people because they have all these like traumatic rocks let's say in their bodies like they can't access like ancestry or like celestial celestial guidance let's say astral guidance um so um they'll kind of like work through me according to me which is why i'm doing the public sessions right and like you know so like people dial in I'll ask them to tune into the container if they need shielding because, like, I can feel that they're, like, starting to cord me already. Then I'll offer shielding. Um, And Mm. then, you know, kind of, like, spirits start talking. If I'm working with, like, more, like, experienced practitioners, maybe they'll just be like, oh, I see blue. And then I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, uh you know, just ask questions and the whole time people like guides are talking to me. Right. Um, and then at some point, I mean, sometimes it's like people like to talk about what's going on. Sometimes people are just like, they just want to ask you questions. Right. But mm. sometimes we talk and then eventually if it's like a, someone who's like very new to, let's say like trauma integration, I'll just channel like light language. Um, Cause that's like a very like broad brush way to just like clear things up. And, and then sometimes there's like all kinds of like self healing practices that I'm able to like impart to people and like walk them through. And then also like they walk me through the way that they're receiving those practices. Right. So like if I learned it a certain way and I say like, what does it feel like when you see a bunny in a forest and they're like, Oh, like it's more like a deer to me than it's like a deer, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, like I'd say, like overall, does that give you like a sense of like? Yeah. We didn't yes. Talk about light language. But, yeah. Um, talk about it's that. So funny. You're you're on it because that's literally like been in my head. You <laughs> you're reading it. I really want to talk about light language. Have you been doing light language? <laughs> Me. Yeah. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Isn't this light language? <laughs> I I would say this is like. I mean, I would say that I'm being told it's earth language, like earth tongue, because like... Well, you're with a very earthy person. It's totally earth tongue, and my, (laughs) my, uh, what do you call it, my Mercury's in um, Taurus, so you have a very earthy... And I'm a triple Capricorn, earth, earth baby. (laughs) Perfect (laughs) podcasting terroir, right? Um, (laughs) um, So light language is like is i you know i don't know that much about it but jer and i have talked about it i think it was the previously previous, yeah it was with kim yeah with kim kim, kim mentioned it um, and when she mentioned it sorry to interrupt celine but when she mentioned it um it clicked because you know i follow you nobu on on twitter and on instagram and i started seeing you doing at least it looked like dancing right like or movement um, and as far as I can tell, I, I was like, oh, I think that's what Nobu's doing. It's light language. And I just, it just didn't make sense before. So I was just really curious to dive into it. Like earth tongue is like with your tongue, right? And like, uh, in our, you could say like, in our reality, like, uh, cosmic beings don't have tongues. They're like spiritual energy. So I'd say like light language is about like kind of creating portals so that energy can come through and that energy comes through in the con- in the form of like what you would call like a tone poem according to like, are you familiar with like the law of one and like the channelings of Ra? Yes. 
Oh my god, I have all I have the books. Jer. Cool. Yeah. It's also online like for free if anybody and it has like a, a linked glossary if anybody wants to look up like tone poems. But the idea is essentially like shapes come through, right? Like shapes mm -hmm. come through and the shapes have textures and feelings and colors and opacity and weight and sound and emotion. And then like I would say like the the practice of channeling is about like being good at like matching those shapes to like um, earth symbols like you know dancing mm. or like art or music and in, and in that sense I think it's true that like people are channeling light language all the time I think that's the language through which like guidance comes um, but then in that transcription from like light or like vibration to like words movement like um, all of our stuff gets in the way Right, mm. it's like the smoothie yeah. I bought at the bodega gets in the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have a smoothie this morning? <laughs> I need. I might need a smoothie this afternoon. <laughs> that was <laughs> no, but that was that was honestly a really helpful explanation. Like, really excellent and well put. Because, um, yeah, it was just something I I started looking at a lot more uh, after that interview. Um, just to understand it, but I, I really appreciate that. And I think other people will too, for sure. I'm yeah, sorry, Celine, I had like... interrupted you earlier, but I don't know. Typical man behavior, <laughs> typical man behavior. <laughs> I was just eager to talk about No, 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 it's totally fine. I mean, we're on the same, same page about it. Um, I do, you know, I think I've been thinking a lot about the dualities of, Okay, let me think about how to phrase this. So we're human, right? We're human beings on the physical earth dealing with earthly things. And then at the same time, we're also experiencing other things like astral, celestial, etc. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's a really interesting time in the world because on one hand, the world is on fire. It's garbage. There's so much trauma, so much bad stuff happening. But at the same time, I guess I'm struggling with the idea of when are you passive to the world and when are you active in it? Like, how can you actively contribute to the whole, to the betterment of the world by, you know, practicing meditation or all this stuff? But at the same, like, do you, am I expressing this right? Like, I feel almost like there's this disconnect where you could, like, ignore right? Maybe and just like meditate and get your own kind of thing going on and be happy all the time. But then are you ignoring the other trauma? And like, how does this is what I've been thinking about? Mm. Any thoughts from either of you would be appreciated. Yeah. I'm still I'm still like marinating Jeremiah. So if you have any. Oh, thoughts. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a Gemini. I'm ready to go. So um <laughs> So locked and loaded response. Locked and loaded. Jared. Locked and loaded always. Um, but no, I mean, I I think I think it's a it's a wonderful point. It's a very valid point. I think it's been something that is always been a discussion, whether it's right now with the way things have been and and years since. But my understanding, at least, is. 
even if when you're doing the work, when you're doing like Nobu is facilitating helping people clear out the rocks in the bottle, right? Sure. Let's use yeah. that analogy. Okay. If you're doing the work, if you're using, if you're working with practitioners, if you're doing it yourself, if you're meditating, as you become a clearer vessel, as you become a clearer bottle and more in flow, as Nobu was saying earlier, you are essentially, by healing yourself, you're healing everyone else. You are healing the world. No, I mean, I totally agree with that, but I do think there's something that I struggle with a little bit about... It's almost the idea of like, can I like jump into a better reality and live in a space that's more wholesome and re and, you know, um, everybody's do the whole is better. Right. But then I'm like giving up this one and like, you know, cause I, there's a lot of this, that's like a privilege to do this kind of work, you know? And like, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm rambling. I mean, I'm earth tongue to rambling. Some, <laughs> I feel like they're going to some really great, really great places, honestly. Like, it's just, Thank you. I feel like Jeremiah did a really good job of like uh, describing kind of like the non-duality of like flow and goodness, right? Um, yeah, 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 for sure. I feel like, you know, like your question kind of made me want to talk about like Dana, like offering, um, it made me want to talk about how everything is a soma, right? Like a body. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I feel like that's probably like the best place to start. Like from my perspective, it's just like, uh, yeah, like I think everything that Jeremiah said about the body being a vessel is true of like the earth and of the sky and then everything, right? So it's just like you know we're connected to those bodies. So when we start to flow better, then those bodies flow better. You could say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean Celine I, to like counter that you know there there have been a few times like at least in our lifetimes right we're all around the same age where there've been like monumental turning points in good and bad directions um but like you know kind of channeling like Bashar here basically every like milli milli millisecond of existence you're always you're there's there's all sorts of earths right so i think the like the sense that you're feeling like i think you're looking at it from a 4d perspective where it's like no i'm just feeling guilty i think that's what it is guilty about <laughs> what about being a healer yeah i, I think there's <laughs> something that's coming up a little bit of uh, i think like i feel yeah, there's part of me that feels a little bit um, like I'm leaving everybody out or like I'm not helping. Um, I don't know how to explain it. I do think it's some sort of guilt thing. It's like a sticky feeling because like I'm with both of like I totally agree with both of what your perspectives and what you're saying. I just like, you know. Doing my own I mean, healing is like, yeah. Sorry, I don't not know. to cut you off. No, please cut me off. I'm like <laughs> digging the hole in this episode. I feel like <laughs> that's good. You gotta like, you gotta like dig deep to get all the ancestral trauma. I mean, you know, when we're talking about the bottle and the rock, it's like, 
also the bottle has like an empty bottom right so like i think you could maybe like a pipe is like a better way to talk about it um or like maybe for me i should probably stop talking about bottles but um you know like shamanistic <laughs> traditions talk about becoming like a hollow bone uh, like Taoists talk about becoming a hollow vessel for the the cosmic interplay of earth and heavenly energy um mm. but yeah like you know t- to like yeah like yeah i mean like in terms of like dana i think that's like that's where like this idea of like offering without knowledge of whether it's being received is like mm. a component obviously like you know that concept is super old but then like we live in 2022 i think so um it doesn't quite work like that so we do have because like you know that that happened in a time when people would just like leave something and then walk away and then maybe the other the other people would leave something and then walk away but we don't really we still have to like you know exchange currency for many things and i think that's a big part of like what creates that stickiness you know like you have this part of you which is like i want to help everybody or i want to help everybody who wants to be helped or mm-hmm. etc and then like you have this thing where it's like, but like I need to like eat and I live in a super expensive city. Um, and and then yeah. like you have all these ancestors being like, the last time you gave that away for free, we died in a snowstorm. <laughs> so it's like all of that stuff. And that like that stuff like comes up and then it, be, it, it comes up in your life. And then like, you know, again, like going back to like the hollow vessel idea, the hollow bone. <laughs> um, that stuff gets stuck right in the burn like maybe like you you like walk past the bodega and someone asked you for money and you had a dollar it was kind of like deep in your bag and you were like oh, i'm sorry and then like you walk by and you get whatever not a smoothie and then like you you get something you do have money and then like you have guilt and then that like sticks and then when that mm-hmm. guilt is stuck then anything which it will attract guilt opportunities to like either detach it or um accumulate more and then I, you know that's from my perspective like where a lot of that comes and then like i guess like sometimes you know when i'm working with people to be like oh like if i'm not guilty about not giving money to like somebody who needs money then like will they all starve and it's like in my experience like when you release things it's not that you stop doing the things that they ask you to do you just do them more flowingly and like you know going back to what jeremiah was talking about where it's like you know you have like bad things happen flowing into good things happening flowing into bad things happening right it's always gonna you, be i would say like that that happens because of an accumulation right like if you have like a dam and then like you detonate the dam hopefully no one's planning on doing that um anywhere um <laughs> like all that stuff comes down and it just destroys the river like downstream of the dam right and you could say like you know that's why i think a lot of people will say like you know the road to whatever is paved with like good whatever you know it's like mm, i do this mm-hmm. thing and it's good and i feel good about myself and then like i gave money to the guy and then he smoked crack in the train yeah you know and yeah. it's like and then you go like and then it's like no like i'm never giving money again and like you know then like you, and then people stop and it creates this like you know and then like you know it's a wild it's a wild experience i think to just be here. <laughs> totally. Figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like y'all see, y'all like see people in your, your, your figuring in there and like you're providing space for people who are helping to help, to help people to want to help themselves to figure things out. And 
it's like I think like everything you said about the fire and the garbage is like true and also like it's very true that like there are many many people coming into their ancestral lineages and I would say already working with their cosmic lineages but maybe not working with ancestral lineages or the other way around and that can mm. create like spiritual like materialism some people call it or what I would call it is like dogma like mm. instead of just flowing and like throwing up mudras in the middle of the street like you're like oh like my doctor yogi told me to do this every day like 15 times and read the heart sutra at 3 p.m and it's like yeah that's like all good stuff but it's again it's that thing where it's like oh if i read the heart sutra and i'm in like the middle of a super primeval forest then i'm gonna open myself up to all of the trauma that was received when that forest like was destroyed by earthquakes and lava flow and and then you're like and then you're still reading the heart sutra because like you know the land is like oh like your heart needs to be bigger to receive all of the trauma of this land and then you might like disintegrate not like physically but like spiritually yeah it's a delicate dance it's a delicate dance i think yeah, and I think I'm really appreciative of like, you know, like I think every time I'm through going through one of those things, and I like recently went through something super like tectonic. Um, I'm like really grateful. Well, not in the moment. I'm just like trying to hang on. But like, you know, <laughs> afterwards, you like first of all, you come into all these lineages and your ancestry, and that you know that kind of gets to like my name changing, you could say. Um, but. But then also, like, I'm really grateful for the teachers who came before and, like, did way wackier stuff than I did. You know, like, I was, like, battling egregores, archangel egregores in the astral and beyond. But they were, like, getting stabbed in caves. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, kept in caves. Like, many shamanistic initiations would just, you know, would involve just being put in a cave, maybe with, like, psilocybin for like nine days nine months nine years oh my god i don't know if i'd make it psilocybin in a cave just me yeah that sounds rough and all the spiders that you're imagining right oh my god (laughs) so when did you change when did the name change happen just like in the last year or two or it happened in the last couple of months. So, like, you know, Jeremiah oh. probably knows I changed my name. My, my born name is, uh, well, it's like Christopher Zhe Hongji, but my, my maiden, my matrilineal ancestral name is Ho. Um, mm. But, you know, I had this spiritual thing, and then, like, shaman, shamanistic lineages started calling me, and cosmic lineages, which had seeded shamanistic lineages, started calling me. And they, you know, they asked me to call myself Red Star Green Cloud, which um, represents like certain, to me, Atlantean deities and like archangelly, archangelic entities. Um, and like they were like really driving super hard because my patrilineal ancestry is like brutal. Like they are like people who would like initiate their shamans like that. And sometimes their shamans would jump off cliffs and they'd be like, oh, okay, like bad one. You know, <laughs> um, so like, wow. like yeah. the capacity, or like you could say, like the things that they were telling me were coming through like a very traumatized lineage from the perspective of 2022. So, like, maybe, like, say, like the red star and the green cloud were like, oh, like red 
you know, going by red at the time, needs to like clear this thing. And the patrilineal ancestors like lock him in a cave. Oh. Or they're like, or they like send him into battle with like, you know, what the teachings of Michael would call like twin flames, but like not romantic twin flames necessarily. But like mm. even like adversarial uh, cosmic lineage dismembering twin flames, right? Um, so I was like uh, doing a lot of stuff with lineage holders. I mean, it's controversial because I'm talking astrally, right? Like um, lineages come over and they're like, hey, go read this, you know? And like, I would say that's like an astral lineage connection, but you know, like astrally, I would say like, I, was, I was getting like, um, not just from like the way the blue avians and then those cosmic lineages had at one point like worked with humans to create like shamanistic lineages and my ancestors were born in those lineages um so then they kind of like created almost like this like suction effect right and that suction kind of created flow which worked its way through all the trauma and then um, once I was able to stabilize again through like some of our common friends, Jeremiah and like my partner, Desi, um, mm. and like some teachers and some teachers that I stopped talking to, um, like, mm. like Nobu emerged, right? And like Nobu, I'm just like tapping in to see if I should talk about it. Maybe I should just leave it there for now. But, um, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, God, that's like a lot. That's a lot to handle. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that kind of goes towards like healing those lineages as well. It's like, yeah, like why did you think it was cool to do that kind of thing? It's like, well, we had to because we were battling against the other warring states during the Bronze Age. <laughs> right. And they mm. would send warlocks after us. So like mm -hmm. even if people weren't ready, like they would end up like battling astrally with these warlocks from different um tribes or like certain imperializing lineages which i'm being advised not to talk about right but they would do like they were taking they were taking like terms they were taking gifts they were distorting them through the lens of dogma and like idolatry um and then they would like mobilize armies of like dogmatic astrally equipped warriors and they would come after um the lineages that they had taken from often like many centuries later and then those shamanistic lineages would send those their shamans up against those people because they had to. And then some of them went crazy and some of them just like were super sick, you know, like just really dope. And it mm. worked for them. So that's kind of, kind of how that lineage got there, according to me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it is really heavy and it's super spacey. And I, I really, I'm trying to like ground it like in like what's available on earth right now, you know, but hopefully it makes sense. It makes sense. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where like the, you know, the people who listen to our podcast are wide range. So I think there are going to be people who more tapped into it and people who might be a little less tapped into it, but. Um, I mean, I'm in, I'm in, I love all this. I love this stuff. You know, spiritual self-defense is a thing that people don't really talk about as much as we should. I think, you know, like to me, I it's kind of like primary, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's more, maybe a little bit more now or maybe not. I don't know. I think also, you know, whenever you're doing any kind of energy exchange, 
it's important to be aware that you're doing that and to kind of, I mean, I talk about bubbling up all the time, you know, I've talked to Jer about it too. We've um, talked a lot about like courting. Yeah. Mm. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, I feel like shielding and like being able to tell when you're being courted is like very, very close to like the first things that I feel like, you know, my lineage is want me to teach at least or not teach but share or offer <laughs> yeah it's tricky yeah 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 i mean that was that was huge for me and it's one of those things where like um and we've talked about this on the podcast but like as you become more kind of energetically sensitive that comes up it's almost like one of the first things you you are confronted with um and it's a very, very helpful thing to learn how to manage. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you, you know, you're consumed by it. Yeah, and sometimes by luck, right? And sometimes by necessity. And then sometimes you even avoid it by necessity, I feel like. I mean, like one of the earliest mm -hmm. conversations I had, Jeremiah, with you. I mean, can I share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, these things are happening. I know you and like, I don't know how I felt. I mean, like, I think I listened to it as you want. And like that, I think it was like the Abdi Asadi episode, actually. And I was like, hey, like, and then like, you know, you put me, I think you like, uh, let me know about like your, some of your teachers. And then I was like asking my guides and I was like, should I do this? And they were like, no. And it's like, well, if I had done that then, then I probably wouldn't have ended up having the kind of openings that I ended up having later, which was super traumatic. But like, that's my path and mm. I think like I was saying like I'm so grateful for my teachers who like went through most more most most more terrible things um and then like you know they emerged with wisdoms and compassion and kindness and love and honestly like martial artistry mm. um mm. and like they shared that with me and I was equipped like I it was a terrible five four or five days but I was equipped um and um yeah i mean like i feel like sometimes there's a lot of, there are a lot of people who have like a lot of like sensitivity who they don't even know they're being attacked right yeah um and like i think yeah go on something oh no i was just taking a, a deep sigh <laughs> <sighs> it's I mean, my, my mo kind of like oh, it's a good ammo. um it's a good vibration um mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd say like my ancestors are kind of like hard ass and like uh, I'm grateful for that. They I, seem I pretty, pretty that. hard ass. Yeah. And like, I think, yeah, like I think you're kind of lucky in some ways. Poof, that's a heavy thing to say. I mean, like it, it forces you to develop better self-defense mechanisms. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, Jeremiah and I talked and like it was definitely like coming up for me out of necessity. Um, Jeremiah, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but like your experiences with spiritual self-defense. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I have spoken about it for sure. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where like, you know, the resources that we have right now in 2022, I mean, are better. <laughs> you know, you can, you know, you're, like you're very active on Twitter and um, there's like a community there, you know, mm -hmm. which is wonderful because like imagine having 
you know, not that community and the way our society, American society particularly has been structured is not, we, we don't have ways to handle these kinds of occurrences and energies and, you know, people get thrown in the psych ward or, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, I think it's kind of to your point, Celine, about like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's pretty crummy right now, but, you know, this is like a, I feel like Nobu's another example of, of, um, we've interviewed a few people now on the show who like this pandemic has catalyzed a change on this earth. And like, no. I think more and more people are waking up. Yeah. And we are experiencing a shift of some kind. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm not, I, I would like to reiterate <laughs> a point here. I'm not like down in the depths feeling like super shitty about stuff. It was mainly just an idea, like a thought that had crossed my mind about reality meshing, you know, like. Reality meshing. Thank you. That's a great word. Reality meshing, just meshing realities. And I think because of the pandemic, because of all the energies that are more active and time is moving faster, that there's a speeding up process that's happening that is just really fascinating to witness and to be part of. And like, I am very grateful to be able to experience this with all the knowledge that I have presently that I'm carrying from all my like ancestors, my witch vibes, all that stuff. I'm psyched. I just, you know, I feel very compassionate towards people who are suffering right now. And I just want to help them. That's all. That's all I mean. And some people don't want it, right? Like it's, it's a choice. So that's, yeah. I mean, I, I think you're definitely, you're definitely doing that, Celine. But yes, it is a choice. And I know, but you had men- mentioned something along those lines earlier, like whether they're willing to be healed. Mm-hmm. There's something that Abdi said where it's like, you know, there are people who come to healers and they're like, I want to be healed. And then you like show them and they're, they're like, like, oh, no, 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 no. no. I don't want to be healed. Because <laughs> it's so intense. It's so, you know, it's a lot. It's it's literally just confronting everything, you know, the shadow. Yeah. It's you uh, looking at that mirror. Um, but Celine, you're totally doing it. Thank and, you. And so is Nobu. I yeah. Like, so are I feel you. Like we're doing it. I feel yeah. like we're doing it. <laughs> so where yeah, are you yeah, going after? Where are you going? Where are you going um, to next? What aggregor? Uh, which place? I mean, I think like the specific. I, did, I, I think the specific place is probably like somewhere upstate New York. I have to like go pick up my van, which is the whole story. Mm-hmm. from like the southwest but then i get to drive across and see some friends probably some spiritual friends probably some friends who don't know the spiritual and then some who will be or what um you know some mercury stuff psychopompe mm. from jupiter in the northeast to earth in the southwest or venus depending on which mythologies you follow or give us shade to um but uh yeah i think i, I do think we're really fortunate i mean like it's kind of like, I, I feel you, Celine, because it's just like the things that people experience are horrible and they're like super terrifying. And yet the lineages that we're remembering are super dope, right? Because it's not just like my ancestors hanging out in caves in Central Asia, but then like 
I'm working with people from like Nigeria, you know, and the time zone's like not even that bad compared to like Australia work, right? But like, um, and like, oh, it's like, you know, like the people who came up with the I Ching shared, you know, I know people like Yoruba people who work with the I Ching. And then they also have all these other practices, like some really powerful stuff and some really compassionate stuff. And then my, my lineage just has stuff and we just like trade. So like, you know, when I mentioned putting together a container for a session, um, like often that's what's happening. It's just like I'm opening it up and it's like, okay, I have like sensorial traction is like how I would call it on my customer, my clients feel like, you know, whoever I'm working with. And then the ancestors like beep, beep, beep. And then like my, my guys, my ancestral guides and my cosmic guides and their cosmic guides just like have this like swap meet in the sky. And it's just like super sophisticated, you know, what I feel like at the time for me, maybe, and maybe that will be blown away at some point, but they feel like very robust resilient practices and then those practices are helping people to break free of programming which causes like the trauma and like the mm. psychosis what, what mm -hmm. people would call psychosis yeah mm -hmm. so it's like yeah 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 I think so. big big vibes big vibes <laughs> it never big gets vibes. old no it never gets old <laughs> Like you're always learning, right? And like you're like I'm meeting people, and like their stuff is super cool, and they're really unique. And and you start to see how the pieces come together, or you could say like the threads start to ravel or unravel to re-ravel. And then you can start to see like the seeds of like a higher consciousness, Earth aggregor. You know? Yes, that's sick, Earth aggregor. <laughs> This is my favorite thing. Because it's always going to be an egregore. We're going to think. Yeah. We're going to have thoughts, right? And hopefully, yeah. like, to me, like, it's about, like, how do I translate what's coming through from above? And how do I translate what's coming up from below? And that's when I think, you know? But then there's, like, yeah. I think to another point you brought up, like, in that superstar question, right? Like, the question was, just like, was, like, how do you know if the practice is, like, leading you to or away or, like, just, like, stagnating? Um, and I think it's, like... To me, it's still about that. It's just like, are we like relating to the energies of like heaven or the cosmos or like land or Gaia? Are we like relating to the unified energies of Pangaea or the unified energies of like Sophia Christ, right? Um, yeah. And then, and then there's the opposite where like there are some lineages who I won't name with sounds, um, where it's like, okay, like don't think. I guess I did name them, but like, don't think. And you're like, I'm here thinking about not thinking. And like the whole time you're just creating this like titanium container, which blocks out all of the energy. Cause right, like you're going to have thoughts when you're receiving light language from Sekhmet. Uh, you're going to, you're going to like have thoughts when you're receiving energy from like Vesuvius. Because, like, it's going to come up and you'll be like, what's that? And you're going to be like, ah, oh, that feels, like, warm, feels hot, feels like lava, feels like salt. And, you know, to me, it's, like, about, like, sensing into experience and not, like, desensitizing with thought. Mm. That's just, like, mm. potentially controversial. But... No? Really interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's like... like I rattled some cages... Astrally. 
No. Those ancestors are still there. They still they they still think they can come through like the Dothraki on horses and just like take back <laughs> take back what take back what was taken. You know. But yeah, sorry. Well, I'll do a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. There's so much. There's so much. This was so rad. Yeah, I really yes. appreciate it. I really appreciate y'all holding space and if I may say like our ancestors and our cosmic lineages and the earth and Pan. Pan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to share? Uh, I mean like so much. Like I feel like Celine as well and probably you as well. And you I mean you've done such a good job of holding space for my rambling, but um <laughs> mm, <laughs> I, I would say, like, you know, I do these public sessions on Tuesdays and I'll start mm. doing them on Wednesdays instead of one-on-one, -on -one, but with one-on-one-on-one -on -one -on -one or, like, one-on-two or two-on-one. Um, and then eventually on Thursdays, I'm hoping to do, like, two-on-two, -two, like, one-on-one-on-one-on-one, -on -one -on -one, but more, like, martial stuff. Um, but I don't have all the pieces for that. But, yeah, if you, like, you know, follow, you know, y'all, um, then I feel I'll, like... I'll link you. Get yeah. to, you. You'll get to see... And I feel like that's better, like experiencing versus like me brambling. And then like you'll you'll meet people that I work with, like in the community. And on like Twitter. Is this Twitter? On, on Twitter. On Twitter for now. It's not super encrypted, but, you know, um, it's where a lot of people are. I'm going to check it out. Are you, so this next Tuesday, this Tuesday coming up. Yeah, I'd say like on Tuesday, I think I have a couple booked, but like usually I'll do it during the Mars hour of Mars Day because it's like Marshall. Um, yeah. And that. we're also trying to, we're trying to teach Mars how to be artful and not necessarily like rude. Artful. rude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mars is just an aggro energy, you know? Yeah, like right now. And then there's like, there's, I mean, can I talk about the astrology egregore? Probably not. I won't. But like, you know, there are like astrology egregores which distort our perception of the energies. Wait. Oh, okay. We don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know time wise, but like mine just like popped. <laughs> I am kind of curious though. I want to know. Okay. We don't have to. If you, if can you I need say to one go. Thing about it? Yes. I'll, I'll say that the zodiac was fixed by Ptolemy to like the northern hemispheric seasonal calendar and there are many astrological traditions that commune directly with asterisms and stars like you know Jyotish or Jyotisha it's just like it's not like Virgo it's like oh like speaker separates these asterisms so they're mm. communicating directly with speaker and that's like how they from my understanding that's where they like start to structure like that aggregate and it's like again like you're saying aggregates aren't bad like they can help us but then they can become misaligned and then they can start to like get in the way so that's why you do tropical i don't i mean i oh you don't I'm actually build i feel like we're trying to figure something else out <laughs> oh okay 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 yeah. okay okay yeah, yeah enough we'll said about it, i'm sure Sorry. Mysterious, and I like that. I like that. I think that's a good. A <laughs> that's good, a good. Uh, that's a good end. And we're yeah. working on something. We're working on something. <laughs> Cliffhanger. It was a good um, means. I appreciate you. 
Thank you. No, thank you so much for sharing your time and um, your experience and your wisdom and your ancestors' wisdom. Um, It's really been a wonderful call. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for a while. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, what? Namaste. I was going to say I could thank you for a while, but I'll just keep on thanking you. (laughs) (laughs) And check them out on Twitter. Yeah, we're going to link 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 everything. And I've got a lot of work to do. There were a bunch of references drafts, so I've got my work cut out for me. But um, And you might get some uh, DMs, Nobu, from me if I don't know a reference. But um, yeah, everyone, thank you so much for listening in. And Nobu, thank you so much for sharing your time. And yep. we'll see y'all on the flip side. Thank you. Bye. Bye.